You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. I think it's fair to say that most children love being in the garden and they really get a kick out of eating food that they just grab out of whatever's been growing. I know my son at his daycare centre just ripped out a carrot from the garden, started eating it. He was very excited, didn't worry about the dirt or anything like that. Uh, But you might be like me, and that is have absolutely no idea about plants, where to start, what to do. This is where Natasha Grogan comes in. She's an organic gardener and Steiner-trained educator. She runs the Melbourne-based Sage Garden, which teaches little ones about the magic of growing their own food. Hi, Natasha. How are you? Very well. How are you? Good, thank you. Tell us a bit about how Sage Garden started. Well, I guess for me, Sage Garden started way back when I was 19 years old. I was a nanny living in London and um, the child that I nannied only ate organic food. And from there, I started to think about the connection of the child um, with nature. And I decided that I would make it my goal to teach gardening, organic gardening to children. So from there, I went and trained as a Steiner teacher and a conventional teacher and then got um, qualifications in horticulture and then went on to be a garden specialist with the Stephanie Alexander Foundation for four and a half years, which was amazing, and then decided I wanted to reach more children and get more little hands in the soil. So I started the Sage Garden four years ago. And that's fascinating that that all came out of nannying, which so many people do as just a means of travel. But you've made it, it's it's inspired something that's, you know, been a career for you. Well, it was funny, actually, for me, it was sort of the nannying that, like, I always wanted to work with children. I was one of those children that would be picking up kids that were slightly smaller than them, you know, (laughs) have them on my hip. Um, And so I knew that that was always what I was going to do and then the penny sort of dropped I guess after high school that I could do this and run away from home as well. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think it's important to get kids involved in gardening at an early age? I think it's so important in this day and age just for them to have that connection with nature and to be in their physical bodies and to be outside and to feel respect and gratitude for you know, nature, um, and especially have the knowledge of where their food comes from. You know, it's so important that children know their food comes from gardens, not just shops. And, you know, it's a funny thing to think that they don't know that, but so many children don't have that correlation between nature and the food they eat. So it's so important. And how young do you think you can introduce children to gardening? Now, from babies, my daughter was in a little bassinet next to me gardening from, you know, weeks old. You've just got to get them out and into it. I mean, you know, when they're very little, there's lots of mishaps, lots of (laughs) pulling out things before they're quite ready and lots of standing on things. And um, But that's all part and parcel. But now I've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old and they're pretty good gardeners and there's not much you know, that goes too wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they're so fascinated with the growing process. If anyone's ever used one of those little eggs that you put in the water, yep. I mean, that fascinates children for days on end. Is, is it similar with gardens? Do you find like they always want to run out and check how much it's grown? And 
Definitely. I mean, it's so exciting, like magic out there, you know, that some things that grow so quick, like a zucchini, you look at it one day and you turn your back on it and it's ginormous. So for a child, it's magic that this can happen and looking for strawberries, blueberries. I mean, all these little things for children in particular. You know, if my kids are sort of under my feet and driving me crazy, I'll say, oh, why don't you go see how the blueberries are looking? And <laughs> oh, brilliant. You know, off they pop and, you know, come back with a little handful of blueberries. So it's it's a bit of a win-win. You're listening to Kindling Conversation and we're speaking with Natasha Grogan. She is from Melbourne-based Sage Garden, which basically teaches young children about the magic of growing their own food. We've just been talking about how Natasha came to be doing this and how good it is for her own kids. For those of us, Natasha, who aren't, you know, who have no green thumbs at all, would you recommend certain veggies to start with that are foul-proof, yummy, quick-growing? Is there anything like that? I don't believe in not green thumbs. Everyone has a green <laughs> thumb. But, um, and unfortunately, there is no foolproof either. But um, there are ones that are, are definitely lend themselves to being easier. Herbs are great to try, and they're so expensive. So I think always put in some herbs, and you can have them in a balcony. You can have them in a small backyard or a big backyard. Lettuce is so easy to grow. Silver beet. Radishes are great ones for kids because they're so easy to grow and they grow quickly, although they're not huge fans of the taste, but it's something that will happen quickly. They're sort of my go-tos to get people started because, you know, not many pests. There's not going to be many problems with them. And from there you get the bug, you know, and you just, oh, I'll just pop in a little zucchini or I'll just pop in a little radish and, and a you know, cauliflower combination and see what happens. And can I ask, I live in an apartment and I've often thought about starting a little veggie patch out the side or maybe even having those box, especially herbs. You've really hit the nail on the head about how yeah. expensive they are. Yeah. Um, but my fear is there's quite a few cats in the neighbourhood and I'm thinking that if I did anything like that, the cats would just come and wee all over it. Do you have any <laughs> tips on how to stop that happening? It's funny, cats is a funny one. I don't normally get questions about cats. They tend to really, you must have like have a little cat plague around you. But we've got at least three, how, well, no, sorry, in my block of flats alone, we've got two. And then the next door, the next block of flats has two, I think. Right. So they're always around. Right. Well, look, they have been known to do a little poo in the garden from time to time, but I don't think it's anything to stop you anyway. You know, <laughs> I should try anyway. Don't I use it as so, an excuse. Because you never know. They probably just walk past it and not be bothered by it. If you were telling me you had a big possum problem or a big rat problem, it would be different. But I, I wouldn't let a cat stop you. See what happens. And you, um, obviously you teach kids about how to garden when they've got a backyard. But do you, you also see it's a possibility if you're living in a smaller space where you don't, you can't actually go out and dig up the yard? Oh, definitely. Well, when my daughter was born, we lived in a very small apartment with just a little balcony. And um, and it was still so important for me that she had a little bit of outdoor time and that she felt connected with nature. So we had lots of pots with herbs and lettuce and sort of cascading plants just to keep them going. I mean, herbs are so easy to grow. For a lot of people, if you have a very sunny windowsill, you could get quite a few growing inside anyway. You know, I, I think you've just got to sort of think outside the box. It's it's rare for somebody to be not be able to grow anything. 
yep. in their environment. <laughs> you may have met them today. No, just joking. Um, <laughs> no, I'm pushing everyone to try something. When everyone, you know, walks outside today, they'll think, oh, yes, I can just put in a little herb there or a little box of lettuce there. Yeah, oh, I'm definitely keen to try it. But um, what about those people who do have a backyard? Um, do you need to sort of seal it off in any way? What's your recommendation of getting that happening? I think if you're thinking about setting up a legitimate veggie garden in an outdoor space, you must think about sun and water and soil before you do anything else. You need to have between six and eight hours worth of sun in where your veggie patch is going. That is a must. And then you need to think about the soil you have, whether or not you need to bring in some organic matter, organic compost, manures to get that soil nice and rich and how you're going to irrigate it, how you water it, whether that's by hand or you'll set up a little drip line system. So once you have those things in place, really the world is your oyster. It's what you want to grow and what you want to eat is, is where you go from there. Um, and can you tell us about sensory gardens, exactly how they work and what their benefits are? So in my line of work, I do lots of teaching in kindergartens and I lot build and help um, set up lots of vegetable gardens and within that we've set up lots of sensory, sensory gardens which is basically a space for a child to awaken its senses. They can walk through it, touch it, taste it, smell, listen to the garden and be a part of it without fear of being told don't touch or don't jump, don't do this. It's a place for them to go and explore and um, they're very easy to set up in. We've set up a very small one in our garden for our kids to play and it's just a combination of herbs tactile plants flowers that they can pick little places they can sit you know all these things that implore the child to come outside and be a part of the garden and to really feed their imagination natasha it's all very inspiring thank you for speaking with us today my pleasure. Have a great day. That's Natasha Grogan. She is from Sage Garden in Melbourne and we'll pop links up to their website on ours later this afternoon. Just head to kindling.com.au. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.